hello and welcome to the Gang and Press part of the 90 Minute Podcast Network. My name is Andrew Headspeeth and over the next half an hour or so we'll be talking all things Liverpool FC. As always, I am joined by, I don't know whether you are a top red anymore, Perds, well, after the developments. A, a legacy red, I think we decided. Yes, let's go with that. We're joined uh, by the topest legacy red, uh, Mr. Alex Purdy. How are you, sir? I'm Good? Just, uh... Enjoying it? Enjoying the developments? Good is not the right word. I'd go with sad, angry, and confused. Yep, same as always for you yeah. on a Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> no oh, change. Bad. And yes, we're also joined by uh, Emma Sanders, providing some journalistic integrity to the podcast as always. How are you, Em? Well, I feel the pressure now. I feel like I actually do have to provide <laughs> some kind of integrity. Um, no, I'm good. I'm good. I, I'm liking Pird. Pird looks like he's had a, had a nice haircut. It's, it's a haircut. Um... My mum did it because I couldn't be asked to queue for the barbers. So. It's good. It's good. It's, it's passable for now. Thank you. Okay. Well, he's he's had a cut. That's that's <laughs> what we'll cut. say. Yeah. Do you want to describe it for the listeners? I mean, this is obviously not a visual it's, medium. It's meant to be short back and sides, and it was yeah. meant to be left long on the top and equal, but it's not because it's much longer here than it is here. It looks, yeah, exactly. I mean, I've only got like the thumbnail of you up, but it kind of looks like if Ronaldo 2002 had like left it to grow out, <laughs> like that's yeah. what would have happened. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so Perz has had a bad hair day, just joking Perz, but um, it looks like it might be even worse for football in general over the last 24 to 48 hours. Uh, I wanted to start by talking about Liverpool versus Leeds, but obviously that really isn't the most important story going on at the moment in you know the world of Liverpool or the world of football. The Super League chat has sort of dominated everything rather depressingly. I mean, there's been a lot of chat about that already. We'll get into it a little bit. Uh, I'll throw this first to you, Emma, as our resident journalist. Can you just try and explain it quickly, sort of elevate a pitch of what it actually means and what is actually going to happen? Because there's been some sort of... Um, I don't think I think I still think people are kind of confused about what the what the new format the proposed format actually is. Yeah, I mean, I think we all are. Um, no, essentially, it's it's twelve <laughs> founding clubs. Um, they would go off and form uh, what they have called a European Super League. That would be played uh, midweek on a weekly basis, and essentially, it would be like a bit of a round robin format. There'd be no relegation, no promotion. Um, they just kind of play the same other 11 teams who were meant to be, you know, European giants. And, you know, you'd see the likes of Liverpool versus Real Madrid probably once every 10 weeks, something like that. But they would still remain in their domestic leagues um, in terms of what would happen in domestic cup competitions, what would happen in uh, Champions League, Europa League competitions. That is obviously uh, a bit up in the air at the moment because UEFA and the FA and obviously FIFA as well in terms of international tournaments. They're all in discussions about, you know, banning certain players from international competition, banning teams from European competition. So that side of it is very up in the air. But in terms of like the actual format of the league itself, in very simplistic terms, it is essentially 12 teams playing against each other on a weekly basis um, as like midweek games across Europe. And what could be more fun than that, of course. <laughs> um, what are You mentioned there the threats from UEFA and FIFA as well. Can you just outline a little bit what those are and where, what the state of play is currently? I know this will probably change by the time this podcast goes out, but what is it that UEFA and FIFA are actually saying? Well, there, there's obviously been a lot of talk about FIFA potentially banning um, players from 
Europe, like from the Euros. Um, so players who were to compete in this competition, they are saying, you know, you can't then go and represent your country on, you know, the European international stage. So I think that's probably one of mm. the biggest things that um, is, is being threatened. And then obviously um, the other kind of stark threat is from UEFA to say, well, you know, we might ban you from this season's Champions League and this season's Europa League. And obviously that you would assume that that ban would be, you know, however long, if not indefinitely, um, from those competitions. So, you know, you've got the likes of Chelsea, for example, who are obviously in the Champions League semi-final, Manchester City. They yeah. could basically be pulled out of the competition. Um, there's obviously the women's football element to it as well, which nobody has a clue about. Um, so, like, it's the same with their with Chelsea women's equivalent there in the, the current Champions League semi-finals. So um, there's a lot of question marks over that. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the two main threats is is the acts from the UAE for competitions and the acts from international competitions for individual players that are representing those clubs. Well, the women's football thing is particularly interesting because there was sort of a very cursory mention about of women's football in the Super League statement the other yeah. night. Uh, but there seems to be no kind of more information on that or when it would come or what it would actually involve. So that'll be something to to follow with interest, I guess, or if it is anything more yeah. than just a, uh, a little promise to get people interested. Yeah, I mean, Pearls my editor's obviously... been emailing me pretty much every day, well, every hour since since it came out, be like, what's the women's football situation? I'm like, please don't ask me again. <laughs> I doubt even Florentino Perez knows at the moment. I'm guessing, I'm guessing though, Emma, that the reason this has come out now is because of these Champions League proposed reforms, which are also being pushed through to change the Champions League from, what was it, year 24, 25 into this new swiss system model whatever whatever you want to call it so i guess this is a yeah. backlash to that or is it something that would have happened anyway i think it's a mixture of that i like you say they're looking at expanding the men's competition to 32 teams there's also massive changes in the women's competition from next season where they basically add more teams into the knockout stages and there's a couple of domestic leagues that will gain a european um, qualification spot so there's huge changes to both formats but then also i think the whether or not it actually has made an impact, but the the, the super clubs, as, as they call themselves, have pointed mm. to the impact of the pandemic as being a reason for it as well, because they claim that, you know, so many of these big clubs have lost, Real Madrid apparently have lost a hell of a lot of money and they're saying, you know, we need to go out and basically get rich again because that helps everyone. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so they're obviously pointing to the, to the coronavirus pandemic as a reason for that as well. But I do think the timing is definitely to do with this new with, with, with the new format and it's kind of like their way of saying if we don't go now then you know when when will we go uh so Perth bringing this back then to a more liverpool perspective obviously as us being a liverpool podcast uh the reds are one of six english clubs involved in this uh, along with arsenal tottenham chelsea and both manchester clubs they can never get relegated from this tournament essentially yeah. and it, it will be yeah <laughs> um what are your i mean and i guess the talk is that liverpool's ownership the F fsg group and john henry have been quite big drivers in getting this uh competition through from the beginning how would you describe your emotions to the to the news and and generally towards liverpool's ownership in the, in the last sort of 24 48 hours i'm not surprised one bit like they're businessmen at the end of the day um, I thought they'd understand football a bit more, um, having been there for 
like a considerable number of years, but they they just don't. They just, and Liverpool. Yeah, and, Liverpool. and like the whole slogan that, um, you know, has been thrown back at our face numerous times, but considerably over the last couple of days, you'll never walk well, alone. This means more. Uh, and oh, that, yeah. and yeah. that, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, he just he just thinks about the money and he, he, see, he sees it work in America, so he wants to replicate it here. Um, but I'm not surprised. If you're going to let all of these, like, massive owners with so much money come in and dominate the game and create a monopoly of course they're going to keep wanting to do it um, and leave everyone else behind so i'm not surprised um that he's done it i'm not surprised everyone else has done it so i'm i'm disappointed basically yeah i mean where does this like idea come from really is it you think it is just like they want to sort of make this you know Americanization of of football. They want to turn it into a an, an NFL kind of system or an NBA kind of system where where teams don't go up and down and they don't lose that threat of losing money it's, year on year. It's really it's a really childish idea. Thinking about it, like oh let's just see the big teams play. That'll be fun. I used to do it on FIFA. I used to throw all the big teams. I made my. I actually started this a few years ago. This is your idea. Yeah, yeah. I threw Barcelona, Liverpool, all in the same league, and it got boring. Obviously. Because 60% of the games meant nothing. Because once yeah. you're top, that's it. So a large majority of the season will just be meaningless. You know in the Champions League when we played Michelland at the end and it meant nothing mm-hmm. and it, and like we hardly watched it, maybe half an eye on it. That will be most of the season now. I just They just don't get it. But it is like it is like the worst people on football Twitter have designed this. Like exactly like you said, like oh, I just want to see big teams play. I want to see Real Madrid versus Man City and Chelsea and Man United and Liverpool. But yeah, you you can't get away from the fact that if it is a league system, then you will ultimately always have there will always have to be teams who are bottom and there always have to be teams who are mid table. And you know it just it just changes the goalposts. Suddenly it's not Burnley and Crystal Palace. It might be Arsenal and Spurs or even Liverpool. It's you know, in some, it's in some definitely going to be Arsenal. I can't, it's definitely going to be awesome. yeah. every week. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I guess like the, the beauty of playing these teams, though, is that it is a one-off. And I think this is the thing. It's yes. Like, like you say, the fact that there's absolutely nothing to play for. Like Everyone talks about the big nights against Real Madrid and against Barcelona. And it's like, yes, because you don't play them every week. That's why it's a big mm. night. And it's because there's usually such a huge prize up for grabs at the end of it, whether you know that might be winning the Champions League or get through to the quarterfinal, get through to the semifinal. I think people who are supporting us are perhaps taking for granted what it means to appear in like, you know, a Champions League quarterfinal. Like Liverpool fans have been very lucky that, you know, we've been able to enjoy a lot of Champions League quarterfinals, but the majority of football clubs don't get that opportunity. So while I absolutely understand what you meant before, Perds, about the game against um, Midtjylland, I guess for them, that was a huge game because they were playing, Mm -hmm. you know, several time winners of the Champions League. So to them, it was a big game. To Liverpool, it wasn't. So even on one side of the coin, it still kind of meant something. Whereas this, literally, when when there's no punishment for basically losing games, when there's no relegation, you could be top for the whole season and not win anything. What is the point in it? There's absolutely no point. And you're not going to get your usual match-going fans because they're not going to travel every week to Europe because they can't afford it. It's a working-class game. So you're not going to have mm. the fan base. You're going to have... Global fans from, you know... It's for TV, isn't it, essentially? Yeah, it is all for TV. And this is the thing, is that there's absolutely nothing to gain from it other than a hell of a lot of money. And unfortunately, in football, that is the biggest driver. 
Yeah, and like just we can talk about the marketing side and 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 the greed element and everything else that comes along with you know the 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 old competitions in the Champions League and UEFA are far from perfect, but the Champions League and the World Cup and the Euros, these tournaments are essentially perfect formats. In my view, anyway, and I think the majority of football fans would agree in that, OK, there will always be dead, dead robbers in, in the group stages. That's just the way it is. But, you know, 90 percent of the games in the format that it is mean something. And they're and they're and they're fascinating encounters and you get incredible you get incredible matchups, and you get incredible results. And that's why people want to watch it. People don't want to watch a league game that's between, you know, Arsenal and AC Milan when there's nothing at stake. There's not even relegation at stake. You take out that jeopardy from it as well. It's it's a flawed concept as well as a greedy idea as well. So that's why I think that's what gives me a little bit of hope that this might fall down eventually. But um, it well, is... did you see that quote from I think it was Perez yesterday? Who's gone? Kids don't care about football anymore. They're too glued to their iPads. That's yeah. ridiculous. I've got no evidence to back that up that that isn't true. But you've got to believe that's just bullshit. And he's just made that up. Everyone's going to be interested in football at yeah. some stage I mean... in their life. The it's like they've just sort there. of yeah. go on. It's, it's, it's in it's in the it's in the, like the the participation numbers. Surely that's the evidence, isn't it? You know, when you say yeah. kids don't care about football, they're on the iPad. Well, every single year, participation rates are going higher and higher. So kids want to play football, and there's more and more. You know, you look at stadiums and Liverpool, obviously Liverpool, Tottenham, Everton. They're expanding stadiums because more people want to go to games. So that's that's the proof that people still care about football. Yeah. It's just it's mm. mad. I've got one more proof as well. When when Southampton versus Man City came back on on BBC uh, in yeah. Project Restart, it was the most watched Premier League game ever, or something stupid. Yeah. Like that's yeah. that's a nothing game, but people are just interested. So he's just a yeah. child, a greedy child. Um, and Perez has talked about. I mean, this isn't just Perez. This is this is the owners of all all of the twelve clubs involved, including John Henry and FSG as well. And but it was Perez who spoke, I think, before about maybe these ideas. And Agnelli, I think, as well mentioned this that they might have ideas in the future about changing half lengths to keep um, to keep you know fans interested, uh, and maybe moving games to other continents and things. Just all these ideas that just seem completely anathema to what to what football is and the game that we love, and just pandering to the worst instincts of football twitter essentially it's like someone's just yeah. scrolled through football twitter for half an hour and gone oh yeah this is what these people like yeah shorter <laughs> games more goals big teams all the time Messi versus ronaldo every week that's what we want yeah that guy who has eight numbers at the end of his username like <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> yes and his profile picture is ronaldo in a snood flexing <laughs> um yeah, I mean, I don't know what else to say about it, really. I mean, the Champions League, I'm not in favour of this Swiss system either. I don't want that to happen. I would, I would much prefer it just to continue the way it is. I think it's already a very sort of enriching competition, both in terms of competition and financially. I don't think they need to do a lot to change it. Um, and, you know, the way you see it at the moment, Real Madrid lost twice to Shakhtar this season alone. Juventus have gone out to Lyon, Porto, Ajax in the last few years. Liverpool, of course, have struggled against smaller teams in, in recent years. Some of their best games have been against, you know, the likes of Napoli and, and uh, well, Red Star Belgrade lost the other, the other year as well. And, um, and Olympiacos was one of Liverpool's most famous nights at Anfield. I mean, every every season there's some kind of surprise story. It was Ajax a couple of years ago, and Leipzig, and all the rest. It, it's yes, never, yeah. ju it's never just the big. Yes, Spurs, of course. It's never just the big twelve teams that are in the in the last eight or last sixteen. Um, and yeah, I mean, 
I don't know. I could just keep talking about this forever, but I won't. I will try and bring it back to um, to Liverpool more specifically. Emma, what do you think this actually means for Liverpool as an institution? Is this just this? Is this the ball rolling on a new Liverpool that's just moving more towards corporatization? And are we are we on course for a sort of war with the fans here, or or what? What do you see happening? Yeah, I, I hate to be dramatic, but I. In my, I'm 27 years old. I've supported Liverpool since I was four or five years old, and this is the first time where I've questioned the support of my of my football club, and that's because I feel so out of touch with with the identity of what Liverpool is. Um, that that's not you know that's not the players, it's not the manager, it's because the core values of the club and the badge of which you know the values that it represents are no longer the same because of the owners and the direction that the club is taking. So um, I really do fear for the future of the fan base. Um, like you say, I think it's it's basically becoming a monopoly where the football and the product is made for TV viewers and not match-going fans and not local fans specifically. Um, so that for me is a massive worry. I think that will change forever um, the relationship between the fans and the club. Um, I don't think, even if this doesn't happen, um, this will never be forgotten. And mm. there's going to be a lot of work. And Jurgen Klopp spoke about this uh, last night, about mending essentially the relationship between the fans and the team who have indirectly been affected by it because the fan base no longer want to show that you know unity and show that support because subconsciously you know they they don't feel attached to it anymore so um that's going to take some time to rebuild and there's going to be for me i don't think you can ever forgive um fsg or forgive um those involved in in the process and i think that healing process is, is gonna that's going to be a really really tough period so um i do think it is the start of essentially a new a new Liverpool. Um, and yeah, I think Jurgen Klopp saying is going to be a huge part in that in that rebuild, because if he goes, I can't see who is going to bring everyone together again in the way that I think he can. Well said. Um, right. That's enough of that. Let's take a quick break there. And when we get back, we'll try to talk a little bit about the draw with Leeds mm. and the top four race, if it even matters, you know, <laughs> going forward. Okay, we're back. Um, obviously, the talk of the Super League overshadowed uh, last night's point at Ellen Road, but let's talk about it anyway. Perds, how was the experience watching for you? For me, it felt a little bit like watching a friendly or a Carabao Cup game. I was just not invested was, in the actual result at all. It was so weird, but I just kept thinking it, the Super League surely can't go ahead, so we do actually need to win this. Um, and mm. we, the players looked like that in the first half. And then in the second half, someone must have read something on Twitter like it's going ahead, and we're like, oh, "Give up," because we were just <laughs> <laughs> we were terrible. Like it, that's what we've been playing like for the whole of this year. I thought we turned the corner, but look, it's it's obviously affected us all all this news. Or you know, that's a fair enough excuse I'm going to throw out for last night's performance. Um, yeah, but I, we're I think actually the... looking at the table. We're still still in contention. It's not awful. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not gone. I mean, that that race for fourth, whatever that means now. I mean, they did the Super League's uh, statement did say they wanted 
to start things as soon as possible. So it doesn't necessarily mean it will come into effect next season if they even do it. So for now, I guess the the race for the top four is, is still on. We saw uh, before the game, there was a protest outside the stadium. Liverpool's bus was booed as it came in. Uh, there's also been talk ahead of the Newcastle game that all the banners um, will be removed from the cop as well. You would think that like that, that will have had a massive impact on the players, wouldn't you, Perds? Well, yes, but I, I, I'm sure they agree with it, um, removing the banners. Um, the, the boos obviously affect you on some level, but I think they'd understand it as well. I know Milner said, like, don't, don't really get it why it's coming at us, but you're booing the badge on the bus that's driven past as opposed to the actual players because you know they're against it. And have nothing to do with it. So it's just one mm. of those things. I would have done it if we were a, a smaller club and the Leeds bus had driven through and they were one of the big six. I would have done it, but not at the players, just at the badge. You're always just booing buses anyway. Yeah, that's just any bus. That you, any that you do mega bus, you know, National Express. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the number 50 going past on a Monday. Boo! <laughs> Boo! Uh, yeah, I've been meaning to talk about that, Purse. It's not really on. <laughs> um, Poor bus driver. Emma. Performance-wise, uh, talk to me then. What, what did you make of Liverpool? Yeah, I agree with Perz. First half, I thought they came out really well. Um, you could see that they were kind of angry, I think, about the whole situation. Probably wanted to put down a bit of a statement, a bit of a marker of, you know, this is our mm. job. And Milner tweeted about this afterwards saying, you know, our job is to go out and secure top four, whether or not they're banned from it next season or whatever going forward. But they, they did seem like a team that went out to try and, like I say, make a statement. And then... I don't know whether it's just that adrenaline or a lack of focus perhaps kicked in in the second half. You know, they just seem to kind of lose that intensity, which they've struggled all season to have. Um, so I'll be honest with you, I kind of zoned out really um, in the second half. I lost interest. I think I had it on mute actually for the last 15 minutes because somebody called me. And I don't think that's ever... I like It's like a, a golden rule of mine. It's like, don't ring me while the football's on. But it didn't feel like there was yeah. a, like, really a football match on. So, um, yeah, I think I just think it was difficult. I think it was inevitable that there was going to be some kind of um, like struggle during the game. And actually, I think for them to go out and, um, and get a draw um, away from home um, against a lead side who have been playing well and picking up some good results, I actually think, you know, um, that's... That's not bad from a local point of view. Yeah, indeed. And what did we make of... Uh, we, you spoke there a little bit about James Milner's comments after the game. Jurgen Klopp obviously uh, made some comments. His uh, comments from 2019 have done the rounds uh, in recent days as well, where he said he's, he's quite strongly against the idea of a Super League. Uh, he didn't back down from those comments. He didn't say he changed his mind, but you know he was very much in a position where he said, you know, I, I can't really speak to this very much at the moment and I do feel sorry for him because he has him and all the players of all of these clubs have been totally blindsided by this I've been reading this morning that you know a lot of them didn't get did, heard the news at the same time that that we did as fans um so yeah for Klopp having to be the the face of this is sort of really unfair on him and he's in an impossible position uh but having said that I don't know were either of you expecting something a little bit uh, braver from him, like given his his he just, past, he just can't because it's it's now aimed at his his owners like on live TV. He's just got to be so careful, and you can tell by everything he was saying. He hates the idea, but he can't mm. actually like explicitly say I hate John Henry. 
which is what Twitter was looking for to clip that up. <laughs> he can't say that, obviously, because that's his employer. So he's done like the best he could because he's been thrown under a bus. And you know, I hate buses. Yeah. No, I I absolutely agree because I was sat on, I was actually really impressed with his comments because I was sat on three press conferences yesterday and was sent the transcript of the Thomas Tuchel press conference and not a single one of those people on those press conferences, some of them have been embargoed till today, so you might not have seen them yet, but Mm -hmm. not a single one of them addressed it in the slightest. And actually... We spoke to Emma Hayes, who is a Chelsea women's manager, and she was, who was usually one of the most outspoken in women's football. And yeah. she was claiming that she didn't even have any information. She hadn't read up on it yet. And we were like, come on, like, we're come not on. mugs. Um, so I think, like, every everyone that day had not even addressed it. It said, I, I'm not talking about it. Jurgen Klopp answered every single question. He didn't defer from it. Yes, he couldn't give his full, honest opinion, but he at least answered the question and he did in a roundabout way give his opinion because he said I still stand by what I said in 2019 which in itself says something mm-hmm. he also for me gave quite a strong rally call pre-match to the supporters to stand with him and the team and that's what I was sort of you know speaking about before where he was saying that you know now's the time that we all stand together blah 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 you'll never walk alone that for me was quite powerful um, and then I think Afterwards, he probably showed himself in uh, a not quite so good light, but I think it was. It, I think it was important that it came across how emotional, how angry he was. Was essentially when he was having a go at Gary Neville, and I think that's. I think he misinterpreted Gary Neville's comments. That was misplaced. Yeah, it was. But I think by doing that, it was clear how he felt. Like his emotions were clear. He was, you know, angry at everything essentially. And because mm. he couldn't have a go at anything else, that was, I guess, was his target. But by doing that, um, he's essentially displayed those emotions. So I thought Jurgen Klopp probably gave away a lot more than what I was expecting him to. Um, and yeah, and James Milner obviously coming out right and saying, I don't want it to happen, I think was a very strong... As Liverpool uh, captain in, in Jordan Henderson's yeah. absence as well is a big thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um I agree that it, yeah, it is an impossible situation. And I see uh, Zidane has, has com- just in the last few moments as well has completely just yeah sidestepped any questions in the Real Madrid press conference, as you might expect. And poor Ryan Mason as well, now the Tottenham <laughs> boss, has had to field questions about that as well. I mean, that's just the absolute last thing I'm sure he wants to do in his first press conference as Tottenham manager. Um, Emma, can you explain what happened with the shirts as well? Um, Klopp was getting slightly shirty about uh, some <laughs> shirts that were put in Liverpool's dressing room pre-match. And I think it was like Leeds players came out wearing this uh, essentially anti-Super League uh, post uh, pre-match uh, warm-up shirt. Uh, what was the story yeah. there? Yeah, so they had shirts which uh, actually had the Champions League logo and said earn it. And those shirts mm. were left in the Liverpool dressing room pre-match. Um, obviously, that was kind of Leeds' way of inviting the players to wear them. Obviously, you know, they can't. Um, and then, yeah, and then they wore them in the warm-ups and it was essentially their way of saying, and they also had a banner actually in the Ellen Rose stand saying football is for the fans. Um, and it's amazing how quick you can get a banner done these days, isn't it? I know. Like yeah. and, and a plane, and a plane. Yeah. yeah. You can't, can't fly anywhere abroad at the moment, but you can fly over Ellen Rose. So, <laughs> it's just uh, those are pilots just sitting around waiting for things to do. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
So that was their way of basically saying um, you can't buy your way into a European competition. You need to earn it through right. league position and, uh, you know, league standings. And I think Jurgen Klopp, again, this is perhaps where he's maybe mistaken that as, as a personal gesture to him and his players. And, and he basically turned around and in his interview and said, you know, we've we have qualified. We have won competitions. We have, you know, we've had mm. success in the Champions League of all the clubs do not tell Liverpool Football Club uh, what it means to have to earn your place in, you know, Champions League history, um, which I get what he is getting at. But then also that was clearly, again, that was not directed at him and his players. That was obviously directed at, at the club and their owners. So um, that obviously caused a little bit of issue. And I think James Milner took a little bit of offence to that afterwards as well. So I think, I think for the players... And I think this is going to be a problem for Man City, Arsenal, Chelsea, Tottenham, blah, 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 United. Um, it's, I think, all of these actions, I think they need to just remember that it's not, it's at the badge, like Perd said, you know, it's, it's yes. the badge and what that means and what that stands for. It's not at them directly as players and as coaching staff. Mm. Yeah, I think there is always going to be that sense of that sense of pride and and tribalism and, and everything that comes with it, and especially from those players who have achieved so much at Liverpool. I mean, if there if there was to be some sort of elite Super League competition, then Liverpool would deserve to be involved in it. It's as simple as that, I guess. I mean, at least based on the last sort of four or five seasons. Whereas you look at Tottenham and Arsenal, and you think like hang on <laughs> what's going on here that's not the case of Liverpool but I think it's just at the moment it's really the time not to get involved in any kind of point scoring or tribalism just because we need unity on this thing we need everybody to be singing from the same hymn seat and pulling together to to sort of to, to stop this thing happening yeah absolutely. <sighs> yeah <laughs> Purds you with me yeah I think we are doing it like I think we'll look back on this in a few years and think wow like this this could change the whole landscape like football fans coming together now because it's been so like rivalry centric for ages especially because of the twitter age but now we're seeing everyone pulling together even like even gary never calling out bt sport like mm. sky sports never talk about bt and yet he's talking mm. about them it's like hopefully we'll look back on this as a good thing um and even like turfing out the the horrible owners at the top of the clubs, including ours, um, and like a more of a level playing field so they don't have so much power, it could actually be a very good period we're living through right now. I mean, yeah, let's... Yeah, Hopefully. wow, I didn't expect that kind of yeah, optimism from you. Jeez. Uh, final... <laughs> yeah, we'll get you checked up after this. Oh. Um... Final question then before we go. Do we expect more players and managers involved specifically in, in those six Premier League clubs or in any of the 12 clubs uh, to speak out or kick up a fuss on this? I think that's what it really... It probably needs that. I mean, we've had this first wave of, of like the likes of Milner and Klopp saying what they can, but do we need someone to really break ranks and say, like, I don't want to be a part of this? And do we, and do we think it's going to happen? I think we need it. Um... And to be honest, I was a little bit disappointed, but again, completely understand it, that perhaps a player hadn't said something before that. I know Bruno Fernandes has shared something on, on his Instagram, I think it was, so it was quite strong, um, as mm. in not directly from him, but he shared, it might be an Ander Herrera's tweet, I think he shared on his on his Instagram. Um, I, don't, I don't expect to see it in the next week, but I think it's needed. 
Um, and I really do hope that somebody who's got a big profile, somebody like Jordan Henderson, who's been um, outspoken. I, I would love to see the captains of these six clubs come together and do a joint statement. I think that would be so powerful. That would probably be the most powerful thing that they could do. Um, mm. But I don't. sadly, I don't think it will happen. It was so hard last night. It was the first game, literally hours after it was announced. Like All the yeah. spotlight is fully on Liverpool here. And we've actually come out quite well from it. So in the next few days, when there's you know more teams in the spotlight, you're getting interviews from, from Tuchel tonight, hopefully we start to see more of it. And there has already been talk that two clubs, we don't know who they are, are starting to get cold. Two, two of the Premier League clubs are starting to get cold feet about it as well. So there might be a bit of a sea change that we see in the next few days. But certainly a very interesting situation. Uh, Liverpool's next game, of course, is Newcastle, am I right? At Anfield yeah. on Saturday. Uh, it will be a bannerless Anfield, so we'll see how that goes. So that's all we've got time for this week. Thank you so much for listening. If you can, please drop us a review. It'd be very much appreciated. Subscribe if you haven't already and you enjoyed what you heard. Uh, we'll be back again with you next week after the Newcastle Games to talk through all of that and the continuing fallout of the Super League <laughs> chat. Uh, Purds, you'll be with me. Say goodbye mm -hmm. for now. Goodbye. Stay united. Don't say that. Unity. No, stay... not Man United. Stay unified. Genius. Stay unified. I'll cut that. Stay oh. unified. All right. All right. Better, I guess. And uh, Emma, we hope to have you back again as well. Say goodbye in the meantime. Yeah, bye-bye to all you legacy fans. Take care. <laughs> See you later.